Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harvin of Behind the Steel Curtain. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It is Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, everyone. And you know what that means. Second half of the show, we will have the mailbag segment. So all those people that followed me on Twitter, or at least found my Twitter page and submitted a question, you will get your answer coming up in the second half. Before we do that, I have, you know, it's funny, I said this on Monday, you know, it's kind of weird. Mondays, you're used to having winners and losers. I was having a conversation with Brian Davis, and he said, hey, why don't you do a season-ending winners and losers podcast? Like, you know, winners for the entire season, losers for the entire season. I said, I can do that. I had already had the plan for Monday with our top five team needs. If you missed that podcast, maybe you were off work, go back and check it out. I had Dave Schofield on in the second half for the Monday morning conversation. We're going to dive into the winners and losers from the 2022 season. We'll talk about that here in a second. Before that, let's get to some news. The NFL wild card or super super wild card, as they call it now, is done. They, they had a Monday night game. Dallas moves on. New York moves on. Uh, we saw the Ravens choke away a win and the Bengals move on, the Buffalo Bills. Most of the winners were expected. I will say that the Jaguars game was really crazy. We talked about that on Monday. But still, the playoffs are set. The divisional round, it's exciting. We'll be talking about that on Friday with Jeremy Betts and the All Bets Are Off segment. But with that happening, with a lot of new teams being eliminated from postseason play, a lot of coaches are getting fired. Uh, you have offensive coordinators getting the axe. You have head coaches getting the axe. And this is what happens every single season. People are not happy. People being organizations are not happy with the way the team is heading, the trajectory of the teams. And so what they do is they just cut bait with some of their coaches. You've got Cliff Kingsbury out there on a one-way ticket to Thailand as the Arizona Cardinals have to continue to pay him over $20 million to do nothing. The dude's just, I mean, talk about a financial hero. I've talked about that before. Cliff Kingsbury's on the list now. But now there's rumors that Byron Leftwich, who is the offensive coordinator down in Tampa Bay, he is reportedly going to get fired. We all know he has connections with Mike Tomlin. He spent a few years in Pittsburgh. Now there are rumors swirling that maybe Byron Leftwich will be joining the Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff in some capacity. At this time, they are just rumors. Keep that in mind. Also, Something else of note. This came from Mark Caballi of The Athletic. Uh, this this was strange. This was strange. It, and this is what it says per The Athletic. Decisions about the Steelers coaching staff have been put on hold as Mike Tomlin attends to a personal matter, sources tell Mark Caballi. Player exit meetings, which are expected to begin this week, will be conducted virtually. Now, people are going to read into that you know, a lot of different ways. And Mark Caballi tweets out himself, Steelers coaching decisions, including the status of Matt Canada, are put on hold. Uh, people might say, you know, whatever they want about this. I don't think it's anything major. This could be as simple as Mike Tomlin's dealing with some personal matters. He's not going to be in the facility. He'll handle things virtually. In 2023, these things can happen. Do I think he's going to fire someone over a Zoom call? Probably not, but still, that might explain a delay in some of the decisions being made. We'll see how things pan out, but just wanted to bring that up in terms of the news. All right, with all that out of the way, 
we want to get into the winners and losers from the 2022 NFL season. Now, I will have an article on the website today, Wednesday, probably not until afternoon or around noon. So you can go and check this out. I, I do go into different details in the written word compared to podcasts. In With the podcast, I have the list of players. I'm just going to rattle them off, and I'm going to give a little bit of summation about every single one, similar to what I do in the season. But on the website, it's a little bit different. So make sure you go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and check that out. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of get away from the non-player perspective. And what I mean by that is that I didn't want to say things like, oh, the third down offense was a winner, or the red zone offense was a loser, or the Steelers' inability to force fumbles, whatever the case is, that, that, that those are not going to be found on this list. I wanted to have players. And I also did no coaches either. I had no coaches. So if you're waiting for me to say that Matt Canada is a loser, it's not going to happen on this podcast. And hey, if you want to say that, you can say whatever you want. But for me, I'm just doing with the players. I had 10 winners. I didn't want to go over 10. And I finished with six losers. And you might think that's a little harsh. But when we get to the losers, you'll understand. So let's start with the winners. We start with Minka Fitzpatrick. And these are in no particular order, just like when we do it after a game. Minka Fitzpatrick is the first winner on the list. And the reason why is not only did he get that big contract before the season, and he made the Steelers look really smart because he went out and he played well. He was the second uh, leading tackler on the team, had six interceptions on the season, a first-team All-Pro selection, according to the Associated Press, and a first-team All-Pro per the NFLPA. He had a tremendous season. He played great football. He is a, a building block for the Steelers' defense, and there's really not much else that needs to be said about Minka Fitzpatrick. Is he perfect? No, he's not perfect. But you know who else wasn't perfect? Was Troy Polamalu, who played a similar position, not the same one, but a similar position at safety. Troy Polamalu made some fantastic plays. He also had some plays where he didn't didn't quite guess correctly. We'll put it that way. So Minka Fitzpatrick for this 2022 season is absolutely a winner. Now, the next winner is a player that probably would not have been on the winner's list if you were to do this at the midway point of the season. But because of his second half, Najee Harris finds his way on the winner's list. Najee Harris started off the year, I don't think he was healthy. He told reporters about how he had to have a steel plate in one of his cleats uh, because of the foot injury he sustained in the first padded practice at training camp. Uh, He was able to battle through that. He also became more assertive with his style. He became more violent with his style. And as a running back, you know, think about Jerome Bettis. That that dude had quick feet, but he was a bruiser. Najee Harris is of the same ilk, and I think Najee Harris – deserves to be on the winner's list after a great second half where he doubled his production in many ways and ended up with over 1,000 yards. Najee Harris definitely on the winner's list for 2022. The next is Kenny Pickett. KP8, Kenneth Shane Pickett, finds his way on the winner's list, and a lot of people will say, well, Jeff, you know, Kenny Pickett didn't play really well early. Like I said with Najee Harris, they are able to turn things around. And in the second half, you're going to hear a common thread, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They turned it around. Kenny Pickett coming off the bye week didn't turn the ball over. Kenny Pickett in the second half of the season moved the Steelers well. Yes, you wished, you wanted to see more touchdowns and field goal attempts, but really turned his game on. Who can forget the way they finished the season? And by that, I mean Christmas Eve against the Raiders, game-winning drive. Baltimore, 
game-winning drive and then having a great performance against Cleveland to finish out the regular season. You win four in a row, seven out of your last nine. The quarterback, not throwing turnovers, not turning the ball over was a huge part of that. Kenny Pickett and the experience he was able to gain in this season, I think that's going to lead to a huge 2023. So Kenny Pickett's a winner. Next is Cam Hayward, similar to Minka Fitzpatrick. What else is there to be said about Cam Hayward that hasn't already been said? Cam Hayward is the Iron Man. He is the leader of that team offensively and defensively on and off the field. He is the Steelers' Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. He was not an All-Pro, but Cam Hayward had a great season. And when the Steelers' offense started to sustain drives, not force the defense to be on the field for an exorbitant amount of time, he was dominant. Double-digit sacks, again, seems like, you know, father time is just, it's trying to catch up with him, but it's just not there yet. Cam Hayward is so, so important to this team, and he's a winner. The next winner is Alex Highsmith. You know, 14 and a half sacks is 14 and a half sacks. Everyone will say, oh, well, look at his numbers without TJ Watt, and look at his numbers with TJ Watt. I honestly am going to say BS. I'm going to call BS on that. 14 and a half sacks is what I said. 14 and a half sacks. What has what have Steeler fans been saying since TJ Watt kind of came into prominence with this defense? They need, meaning the Steelers, need someone opposite TJ Watt who can win their one-on-one matchups and be a dominant force. That's what they need. Guess what? That's exactly what Alex Highsmith did when TJ Watt was in the in the lineup. He was garnering the extra attention, the tight end over top of him, chips coming out of the backfield, and you know what? Alex Highsmith was able to take advantage on the other side. A tremendous season, and now the focus, in my in my opinion, with this these pass rushers is now you're looking at Alex Highsmith, and you're wondering, how do they keep him? Now, he still has a year left on his contract, but how do they keep him? How do they find a way to keep him and TJ Watt together more of the long term. You already locked up TJ two years ago. Now it's time you got to get Alex Highsmith. I don't know if they do an extension now. They could. But man, 14 and a half sacks, 14 and a half sacks. Next winner is the offensive line. Everyone said, you know, oh, continuity is great, but, you know, if, if they're not that great, who cares? Well, yeah, I understand that sentiment, but at the same time, the offensive line showed massive amounts of improvement throughout the regular season, and I think that if you go back to the preseason and listen to my podcast after the three preseason games, even though the Steelers won them all, I probably had the offensive line or members of the offensive line on the losers list way more than I did on the winners list, and they were a liability, and if I'm being honest, they were a liability, and they turned into a strength. Think about that transformation from week one all or the preseason all the way to the end of the season. All of those players return, whether they upgrade at some positions like left guard or left tackle has yet to be seen, but the offensive line, in my opinion, is definitely a winner. All right, we have four left. Next, Jalen Warren. I think Jalen Warren, you know, I go back to minicam. The Steelers put out a photo of every single player at their uh, mandatory minicamp. And so I'm on my phone, and it's one of those, you know, they're up on the balcony, and all the players are down below on the practice field. And I'm kind of zooming in to see, oh, where's, where are the rookies and all this stuff. Now all of a sudden I see this guy. He's standing there. He's not a big guy, uh, tall, and he's flexing on the camera. He's, like, putting his 
fists together. He's doing like the Hulk Hogan, the uh, the most muscular pose. And I'm thinking, who is this guy? Number thirty. Like he's got the cojones to to flex on the team photo and rookie minicamp. Come to find out, that's Jalen Warren. Now, Jalen Warren does not seem like he's that type of guy. He's probably just having fun. But ultimately, he played so much more than I I I don't think anyone thought he was going to play as much as he did. He proved that he is a viable backup, a viable option for the Steelers in the run game. And he had some runs where he could have gotten up and flexed on him for sure. Jalen Warren was a huge bright spot for the first time since Najee Harris was drafted. I think most Steeler fans probably think, if something happens to Najee, I think they'll be okay. And that's a, that's a really good thing to say. That's a really good thing to say. The next winner is another rookie, George Pickens, because George Pickens, he's not perfect. He has a lot of work to do on his route running. He and Kenny Pickett have to get on the same page. He's going to grow and mature a lot as a player and probably as a person, but you cannot watch him play and not see the massive amount of potential that he has every time he steps on the field, and especially when every time he is targeted. Uh, George Pickens was a huge bright spot, and you didn't see him too much until the Steelers. You saw him, but the the targets weren't going his way. When the Steelers traded Chase Claypool to the Bears, that's when that door was, like, creaked open. And, boy, did he kick that door down, and he said, "I'm I'm not going back to the other side of that door. And he looks like he is the wide receiver one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, just heading into his second year. A great year for George Pickens. He's a winner. Next Winner is the 2022 rookie class. Whether you're talking about Kenny Pickett, whether you're talking about George Pickens, DeMarvin Leal, Connor Hayward. I want to say Calvin Austin III, but we'll talk about him in a second. Connor Hayward I mentioned. Mark Robinson. You even throw in Jalen Warren. What a rookie class. If you build the foundation from the ground up, meaning you get rookies, you have a good draft class, the 2022 draft class was phenomenal. They will, they will be a very good group for a very long time, hopefully, in Pittsburgh. And the final winner is a ball-hawking defense. 20 interceptions on the season. Minka Fitzpatrick leads the way with six, but don't forget T.J. Watt had two in limited time, and both were on Joe Burrow, which is really funny. Uh, but still, the, this defense's ability to take the ball away via the interception was phenomenal. A great Sight and a lot of people will say, you know, turnovers they come in bunches and takeaways you cannot predict them. No, you cannot. But I will say this the Steelers had did, did a great job with this defense and, and getting them in position to take the ball away. And they took advantage of opportunities outside of the Miami game, which I don't want to bring that up, but still, 20 interceptions led the league in 2022. Let's go to the losers list, shall we? So the, the, these are all coming from different areas, and I'll, we'll, we'll make them very clear as I go through these. So the losers, Akella Witherspoon is is atop the list. He's the first loser, and it's not necessarily his fault. I mean, he had a rough go of it at the to start the season, and week one, not much to write home about. Week two, he gets burned by Nelson Aguilar in a really big play, key play in that New England Patriots lost. Week three, they go Thursday night to Cleveland, they lose, and he injures his hamstring in that game. He spends I don't know how many weeks as inactive, out for the game. They finally put him on injured reserve, and then he is slated to come back to practice before the final game, and he never gets back. What a frustrating year for a guy that got a two-year contract last offseason and didn't really show much of anything in this season. So I get it. Injuries happen, but 
It, it was a frustrating thing for someone that just got a brand new contract. Speaking of injuries, the next loser is based solely on the injury. That's Chris Wormley. I feel horrible for Chris Wormley. And I hate, I feel horrible for putting him on the loser list. When you listen to the reasoning, you'll understand. This is not play. This is not based on his play. I thought Chris Wormley had a heck of a season. It's a contract year for the guy. When you also think about that he got injured in the final weeks of the season at, towards ACL, he is now facing a really long road before he comes back. And where is he going to go back to? He is no longer under contract with Pittsburgh. He's got a, No one's going to be interested in him until he's fully healthy. What a lousy situation for a pretty good guy. I mean, Chris Wormley, like him or not on the field, he's a pretty good guy. And it just really is lousy that the injury happened, that injury, when it did, in a contract year, about to hit free agency. That's tough. The next loser is Gunnar Olszewski. And Gunnar Olszewski comes in, all-pro return guy. That's what they want him to do in week two. Clanks went off his face mask. They lose the fumble. That was a game-changing moment. He doesn't return kicks hardly ever after that. Steven Sims takes over. Now you're looking at, okay, now what does Gunnar Olszewski bring to the team? Okay, he played some snaps in the slot, jet sweep guy. In my opinion, he's not guaranteed to be on the roster next year. I know he signed a two-year deal, but he is not guaranteed to be there, not with Calvin Austin coming back, hopefully, not with... Uh, the team just signing Anthony Miller. Forgot to mention that in the news segment. Signed him to a one-year contract. Yeah, Gunnar Olszewski, this is disappointing. I thought, if anything, he would prove his worth this season, and I don't think he did that. And let's also not forget he injured his knee. No clue about that knee injury. No clue at all. Next loser is Calvin Austin the third. Again, it's injury-based. Everyone was excited about this speedster, you know, Mike Tomlin. He's got 200-meter speed, not 100-meter speed. We're talking about a guy that can really turn on the burners, and, and he can move and take the top off a of defense. We didn't see it. Unless you went to training camp in the first few weeks, you didn't see it. We didn't see him in the preseason. We didn't see him in the regular season. They brought him back off of injured reserve to practice. He re-injures himself. Then all of a sudden he's looking at potentially um, – you know, having or he had surgery. He did have surgery. Now he's got to get his way back. That's a bummer. It's a bummer. And I, I'm sorry. Until I see this guy at least on an NFL field, he reeks of Senquez Golson. Prove me wrong, Calvin the Austin the third. There you go. The two losers left. Devin Bush is next. And Devin Bush, it just didn't work out. You can blame it on the knee injury. Uh, you can blame it on attitude, Twitter behavior. I don't know. If he comes back to the Steelers, I would be shocked. I mean, when you looked at his Twitter account over the weekend during the playoffs, he was talking about how great it would be to play for a coach that played in the NFL. I mean, just some really, really strange stuff. Uh, Devin Bush, it just seems to have run its course. And the Steelers are going to look back on that decision, that trade up into the top 10 with the Denver Broncos, giving up very valuable draft capital to select a guy that he gets hurt, and you can never predict that but doesn't even get his fifth-year option picked up and likely isn't going to get a second contract. That sucks. All right, last loser is Mitch Trubisky. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, I'll be honest, he played sparingly, and he played sparingly well this season. It's not that he was atrocious the entire year. He played great in Carolina. He played great outside of throwing three passes to the Baltimore Ravens in Week 14. Here's the thing about Mitch. You have to feel like the loser part of this is that he signed the first day that he could when it was an option and go back to the first day of legal tampering in 2021. He tried, he signed then. He's like, okay, 
we're going to go to Pittsburgh, then the Steelers draft Kenny Pickett, and the Steelers turn to Kenny Pickett. Mitch Trubisky, unless he gets traded, is going to be sitting uh, behind Kenny Pickett next year, similar to the way he did in the second half of the season. And he has to be looking at this from a global perspective and saying, man, I'm going to be relegated to backup duty for the rest of my career, barring something crazy happening. And that's lousy, but it is what it is. And Mitch Trubisky, not necessarily because of play, but just because of scenario, is on the losers list. So there you go, some final winners and losers. I hope you enjoyed that. I actually enjoyed doing that. I, uh, I'll probably do that from now on uh, to finish up the season. I like that. And Jeffrey Benedict did that with the report card segment. You can check that out on the website uh, as of, I think, 9.30 a.m. on Wednesday. So here we go. and We're going to take a break. In the second half, we are going to have the, you know what it is, the mailbag. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half of the show. Time for the mailbag. You know what to do. You got to follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Not a lot of questions today. I had to record a little bit earlier, so we got 10. We're going to rattle these things off, and then we're going to be on our way. And I hope you have a great week. Let's start with Doc M, Southside Doc. He said, is there any information that we are currently missing that would allow us to wrap up the evaluation, the team's performance from 2022 to 2023? So is there any information that we're missing that would allow us to wrap up the evaluation of the team's performance? I don't think we're missing any information. I mean, what would we be missing? Unless there's stuff that happened in the facility. If we're just talking about in-game, I think we have everything we need. But for those people that might wonder, you know, is Matt Canada a jerk? (laughs) We can't answer that. We don't know the guy. So we can only evaluate what we see on the field. Eric Askew said, gray face masks. Or the OG yellow end zones. You can only pick one. Also, who is your favorite Steeler whose name is barely spoken of? Okay, I'm going to go with, if I had to choose, give me the OG yellow end zones every week. I only want the gray face masks if they go to their throwback block uniforms. That's all I want. I don't want gray face masks permanently. I would be cool with the end zones being permanent. As for my favorite Steeler whose name is barely spoken of, I'd have to go back to my... My favorite player as a kid, and he didn't spend a long time in Pittsburgh, number 29 in seventh grade. I wore number 29 for my football team because of him, and that would be Barry Foster. Running back, 1994. He ends up leaving. He and Bill Cower don't get along. You can read about that in Bill Cower's book. And he ends up going to Carolina, but he had some great years in Pittsburgh. What a workhorse, Barry Foster. All right, let's go to Lori. She asked a question, longtime listener. Thanks, Lori. Said, when Ben was in his prime, I believe that one of the reasons the Steelers didn't have the chance to go to another Super Bowl is because they couldn't beat Brady and Belichick. What do the Steelers need to do or change now to be able to compete with the power quarterbacks in the AFC? So I think this is just how you construct your team. I think this is one of those scenarios where you have to try and get a team that can match offensively with the Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, which the Steelers know all about that. It's a divisional rival. But also, you think about Kansas City. You think about Buffalo. You think about Miami if two is healthy. You have to be able to match them. You can't get boat raced in a game. But also defensively, 
you have to put together a team, and here's the key part here, a coaching staff that can scheme up ways of beating and possibly befuddling some of these quarterbacks. It is not easy, but it is done. You've seen Patrick Mahomes struggle at times. You've seen Josh Allen struggle at times. The Steelers have struggled or have made Josh Allen struggle. They've done it. They can They can do it. you got to build the, the roster a certain way. This is going to be a key offseason for the Steelers in a lot of ways for that. Good question, Lori. Mysterio says, what are your thoughts on the Chargers blowing the wildcard game? I was shocked. I went to bed and I woke up. And when I went to bed, it was a blowout. And I'm thinking, man, I can't believe the Jaguars are just, they're choking big time. And, you know, but Trevor Lawrence has thrown, I think, three or four interceptions in the first half. It's just bad, just really bad football. And I woke up the next morning and I thought it was a joke. Uh, people were posting stuff and what a horrible call. I think I said this on Monday. What a horrible call by Al Michaels and Tony Dungy when they they go for the I mean man they go that what a gutsy call to go for two. They go for the two point conversion. Trevor Lawrence gets the football over and they just kind of like meh. You know, well, you got it. Like, I did, I'm horrible. But the Chargers, they're starting to clear house. Fired their offensive coordinator, fired their quarterback and passing game coordinator. So, yeah. They are definitely making moves. All right, let's go to the next one. B. Selfridge, he asked a bunch of questions. Number one, what positions do you think the Steelers addressed in free agency? Top three, I think cornerback, I think wide receiver, and I think offensive line. Good good start. Number two, do you think the Steelers bring in a veteran quarterback or draft an undrafted quarterback for the QB3? I think that the Steelers only go for a veteran if it fits them financially. Otherwise, I think they draft a late-round quarterback, someone like a Chris Oladokun, who maybe they could bring him back, I don't know, and he could be that third guy. Number three, do you think Pickens switches to number 11 this offseason? I wouldn't be shocked. He did say I saw somewhere, Instagram or Twitter, he didn't like the number 14. He wanted the number one, but the Steelers poo-pooed that idea. I guess Gary Anderson was that great of a player. I don't know. But still, maybe he goes to 11. I'm not sure. Number four, would you agree that the verdict on Pickett comes down to the end of year three? I think the verdict is still being written. I mean, if if Kenny Pickett goes out in year two and plays extremely well, picks up where he left off, why would we need the end of year three? That's my theory on it. I think we might find, we as a fan base, we might find that answer to be crystal clear in year two, but they're going to give him to the end of year five, most likely, to prove himself. Let's hope he doesn't need all five years to prove himself. Jeff Coons, he misspells his name. His name is G-E, but still, Jeff Coons, my friend up north, he said, Jeff, I liked your Monday show with Scobro, including your top five positions of need heading into the offseason. Which pending Steelers free agent would you like to bring back in 2023? Greetings from Ride or Die Crew North, not Matt Canada. Okay, um, the Steelers free agent I'd like to bring back. I'm going to have to go with, it's it's a toss-up with me, between Larry Ogunjobi and Terrell Edmonds. Those two guys, I go back and forth. It's like 1A and 1B. They've got to figure out something at the safety position, and they also have to try and bolster the defensive front. Both of those players were very key and instrumental in the Steelers' success this year. I think you got to bring one of those guys back, if not both. Good question, Jeff. Brandon Colburn, with the possibility of Devin Bush not returning being very likely, do you like the idea of Pittsburgh bringing in someone like Tremaine Edmonds or drafting a linebacker with one of their first three picks? Tremaine Edmonds is intriguing. I've heard mixed reviews from him in Buffalo. 
I haven't watched him closely, so I'm not gonna I'm not about to lie and say that I know what this guy brings to the table. However, I think the Steelers would be wise to look at both free agency and the draft at linebacker, unless they like Mark Robinson that much. Because I don't know if Robert Spillane comes back. I I think Miles Jack comes back. Devin Bush is likely gone. Mark Robinson's like the only other guy. So they got to figure something out. I wouldn't be shocked if they double dip with that position in free agency and the draft. Todd Hall asks, who are your top three candidates for the OC position if it becomes vacant? And he lists his or Daryl Bevel, Kingsbury, and not sure which, uh, not sure the third, not too high on left, which honestly, I don't know. I don't know these coaches well enough. I know Cliff Kingsbury because he was a head coach in Arizona, and that's it. I don't know who Daryl Bevel is. I've focused so much on the Steelers, I really don't know. I hate to say that, but I'm also not about to say that I'm something that I'm not and know all these coaches. I just don't. Nathan Vance likes it. I've recently started listening to the Footballin' with Ben Roethlisberger podcast. Have you or would you listen to Big Ben's podcast? I think it's fun and interesting to hear Ben's take on games and talk about his career. Okay, Nathan, I do. I have listened to his podcast, and I'm really glad that, or maybe maybe they are in audio form. I don't know. Last I checked, they were just in, on YouTube. I would not well listen to it in audio form because I honestly couldn't care less about his thoughts on beer, and they taste all these beers I don't drink anymore, uh, and so I don't care about beer, and I fast-forward through all that, and they actually label on YouTube what they're talking about, and I always fast-forward right to where he talks about the Steelers, I get his take, and then I move on with my life. Um, So yeah, in that case, I do listen to it, because sometimes he'll say something that requires an article written for the website, like when he talked about how he was way off on Kenny Pickett, and Pickett was way better than he thought he was, in a lot of ways so yeah i have checked it out it's not bad i'll be honest it's not bad i've listened to a full podcast they get some good guests i recommend the one with heath miller the one with charlie batch all good stuff afl 66 jeff if brian flores gets offered the dc position in cleveland do you think he would stay with the steelers if they offered him the position of dc defensive coordinator and do you think the steelers would offer that position to him well brian flores was not whether he went i'm assuming he went on the interview he was not selected as the defensive coordinator in cleveland that was jim schwartz jim schwartz got that job uh but other than that i don't know if the steelers are going to offer him a defensive coordinator position they're probably going to let him try and get an upgraded coach and if he doesn't get a a job offer that he likes this offseason he'll probably stay and that is a good thing for the Steelers because I think he's a really good coach so something to consider there you go all right some good questions there and if you were late to the party on these tweets my apologies but I had to record a little bit earlier than I normally do so I will always respond to answer your questions via Twitter if I don't get it live recorded on the podcast. But this was a great show. I thank everyone for listening. Make sure you check me out on Friday. We're going to have NFL picks and break down the divisional round of the playoffs, uh, my heart-to-heart, and a little talk about what if Kenny Pickett didn't get to play in 2023. I want to run down that scenario, so make sure you check that out on Friday. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finished out here. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. We'll see you on Friday. Good Steelers.